No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. God provided food for His hungry people in the desert, but it required them to obey some simple commandments. Could they do it? We hope you'll join us now as Pastor Daryl continues in Exodus chapter 16 on Simply the Bible. When the people complained of hunger in the wilderness, God told them about the manna. He would rain down from heaven every morning to feed them. They would gather this every day for the next 40 years. We pick it up in Exodus chapter 16, verse 17. Then the children of Israel did so and gathered some more, some less. So when they measured it by omers, he who gathered much had nothing left over, and he who gathered little had no lack. Every man had gathered according to each one's need. The manna came down from heaven and sat on top of the dew so that it was not defiled by the dirt. They gathered one omer, which was six pints per person. How much you gathered was dependent upon the number of people in your household. To feed two million people, God would have had to provide 4,500 tons of manna daily. Our God is a benevolent and abundant God. Six pints was the perfect portion per person so that they had no leftovers. Forty years later, Moses spoke about the manna God provided during their entire time in the wilderness. He said, So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Therefore, there is a connection between manna and the word of God. As people had to gather manna daily, so we need to gather the word of God daily. As they prepared the manna and ate it, so we must study the word and chew on it to be spiritually nourished by it. As manna fed the physical man, so the word feeds the spiritual man. God humbles us through the circumstances of life to show us that we cannot make it without our daily dose of the word. Proverbs 8.34 says, Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors. Verse 19, And Moses said, Let no one leave any of it till morning. Notwithstanding, they did not heed Moses, but some of them left part of it until morning. And it bred worms and stank. And Moses was angry with them. So they gathered it every morning, every man according to his need. And when the sun became hot, it melted. Now the Lord had told Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. God was testing his children to see if they would keep his rules. So he told them, don't keep any of it until morning. But they didn't listen to Moses. I think this is one of the most frustrating things that can happen to a leader 
when his people pay no attention to what he says. But it is the independent nature of people. Moses was angry with them because they did not obey the Lord. However, God helped them out for the morning after the manna bred worms. The Hebrew word can also be translated maggots, and it stank. Nobody would want to eat maggot pancakes. Therefore, they learned to gather it every morning. And literally, it was, you snooze, you lose. Because when the sun became hot, the manna melted. And if you slept in, this would be your day of fasting. This is how it is with gathering the word of God. We must gather it daily. Yesterday's provision is not sufficient for today. And if we don't eat and assimilate God's word today, then it will stink. Or maybe we should say, we will stink. There are those who store up knowledge of the word, but then they don't let it change the way they live. They don't assimilate it. The Bible says that knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. And if your consumption of the word of God doesn't result in love for God and love for others, demonstrated through acts of service, then either you're not gathering the word or else you're not assimilating it. And it won't be long before your attitude stinketh. Likewise, if you snooze, you lose. I've been walking with the Lord for close to 40 years, and I can tell you that if I oversleep, if I allow the morning hours to escape me and don't spend my time in the Word, then it is very unlikely that I will find time later in the day. Why is that? It is because the needs of the day press in, and it's very difficult to find the quiet time alone with God. If I wait until the end of the day, then I'm exhausted, and it isn't long before I am studying the back of my eyelids rather than the Word. That is why Jesus arose early each morning to spend time alone with the Father before the rest of the day crowded it out. Verse 22, And so it was on the sixth day that they gathered twice as much bread, two omers for each one. And all the rulers of the congregation came and told Moses, Then he said to them, This is what the Lord has said. Tomorrow is a Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake today, and boil what you will boil, and lay up for yourselves all that remains to be kept until morning. So they laid it up till morning, as Moses commanded. And it did not stink, nor were there any worms in it. Then Moses said, Eat that today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will be none. Now it is interesting that the commandment to keep the Sabbath day holy had not yet been given to Israel. However, they already knew about the Sabbath, and evidently they were already setting it aside as a day of rest. This goes back to the second chapter of Genesis, where God blessed the seventh day and set it apart because on that day he rested from all his work of creation. Jesus said that the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. It was to be a time of rest, recuperation, and worship. Many of the sacred assemblies occurred on Sabbath days where they did no regular work. The Lord provided for the Sabbath by giving them twice as much manna on the sixth day. In case there was any doubt, this shows what a miracle the provision of manna truly was. 
because they could keep the leftover manna on Friday night and it wouldn't breed maggots on Saturday morning or stink. And they could sleep in on Saturday morning. It was to be a day of rest to enjoy their family and meditate on the goodness of God. And consequently, there was no manna that came down from heaven on the seventh day. Now we will see later that the Sabbath law was given specifically to Israel as a sign of the covenant God made with Israel on Mount Sinai. However, the principle of taking one day in seven for rest goes back to the creation week. And I believe that it is a healthy way to live. Those who work seven days a week do so at the peril of their own health, physically, mentally, and spiritually. You will be more productive and prosperous if you honor God's order and set time aside for worship and rest. Early in church history, they began meeting on the first day of the week because Christ rose from the dead on Sunday. But the Apostle Paul also said that one person considers one day more sacred than another and another person considers every day to be alike. Each person should be fully convinced in his own mind. And we're not to pass judgment on one another. But please, make up your mind whenever you choose to do it. Don't neglect rest and worship. You need it. Verse 27. Now it happened that some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather, but they found none. And the Lord said to Moses, How long do you refuse to keep my commandments and my laws? See, for the Lord has given you the Sabbath, therefore he gives you on the sixth day bread for two days. Let every man remain in his place. Let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. If the rules about the manna were to test the people, they weren't doing so well on the test. Some people paid no attention to Moses and tried to gather on the Sabbath anyway, but it was a wasted trip. So God said, just stay in your tent on the Sabbath. And finally they obeyed. It is interesting that over the centuries, Israel has continually kept the Sabbath. Even when they were scattered to the nations of the world after the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed in 70 AD, they continued to remember the Sabbath wherever they went, even to the present day. So this lesson seems to have stuck. Verse 31, And the house of Israel called its name manna, and it was like white coriander seed, and the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. The name manna means what is it? It was sweet tasting, like wafers made with honey. David wrote in Psalm 19, The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Let me ask you, is the manna of God's word sweet to you? Do you enjoy chewing on it and assimilating it into your life? The word ought to be strengthening, encouraging, and comforting to you. The more you feed on it, the sweeter it will taste, and the more you will crave it. Verse 32, Then Moses said, This is the thing which the Lord has commanded, fill an omer with it to be kept for your generations, that they may see the bread with which I fed you in the wilderness, when I brought you out of the land of Egypt. And Moses said to Aaron, 
take a pot and put an omer of manna in it and lay it up before the Lord to be kept for your generations. As the Lord commanded Moses, so Aaron laid it up before the testimony to be kept. And the children of Israel ate manna 40 years until they came to an inhabited land. They ate manna until they came to the border of the land of Canaan. Now an omer is one-tenth of an ephah. God wanted them to remember the manna for all their future generations. Therefore, he told them to store up one omer in a pot and put it before the Lord. Eventually, this would be placed inside the Ark of the Covenant along with the two tablets of stone of the Ten Commandments and Aaron's budding rod, which proved that he was the one God had chosen to be high priest. Over the top of these three items would be the mercy seat and the golden cherubim bent over as though to look at the contents within the ark. This was a beautiful picture of the Trinity. The Father represented in the law, the Holy Spirit represented in Aaron's budding rod, showing that he was the anointed high priest, and Jesus being represented through the manna, the bread that came down from heaven that gives life to the world. This is to be a memorial for every generation that Jesus is the bread of life and that we must feed on him daily. We do not live on physical bread alone, but upon every word that comes from his mouth. Whatever you do, don't skip your breakfast. You've been listening to Simply the Bible. The Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. The people quickly went from hungering for food to thirsting for water. Next week, we'll see how the Lord solves that problem. It's a beautiful picture of how Christ satisfies. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Exodus on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible.